Welcome to our 2024 season of the Cloud Industry Forum presents TWF! Exclamation um, mark. We're speaking to you from our mixed reality uh, newsroom style set courtesy of our friends here at Disruptive Live. This is our new style video podcast show where each week we interview a guest from one of the Cloud Industry Forum members or someone with something to say about cloud technology or transformation or what's coming next. I'm David Terra. I'm the CEO of the Cloud Industry Forum, which is a not-for-profit trade body that champions and helps accelerate the adoption of cloud technology and services. If you want to find out more about us, we're at cloudindustryforum.org. I'm at DT on X, David underscore Terra on threads and Instagram, easy to find on LinkedIn. Now today, we're talking to someone who works in the field of mergers and acquisitions in the technology sector. He talks about technology due diligence, and as well as exploring his background and how he's built up his particular set of expertise and his approach, we'll ask him what he thinks about the impact of AI and we'll definitely learn something with his particular viewpoint on what makes a successful tech business. I am delighted to welcome Hutton Henry uh, to the studio. Hutton, please introduce yourself and uh, what you do. Thanks, David. Um, before I do that, it's really great to be meeting in person in here. Um, and I think it's great that you get people to have a dialogue yeah. so that we're not building tech in silos. It's yeah. really important. Excellent. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm Hutton. I run this management consultancy beyond M&A. Yeah. Um, my high level pitch, if you like, is that we help CIOs and CTOs increase the value of their business. Excellent. And we do that through three practices. Uh, tech DD, as you mentioned, so that's the investor side and M&A. Yeah. Uh, there's um, coaching and advisory for post deal and cloud integration as well. Okay. So it's a, it's a busy company. Well, I've got more questions about that. But before we get into that, um, can, we, can you tell us a bit about your history, you know, how you've got to here and built up yeah. this expertise and some of your background? Sure. Um, someone called me a veteran the other day, which is, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that, but... Um, uh, so I won't go all the way back, but literally I, my first, I, I was really lucky to work with Ford. I taught myself to code at the age of eight and uh, then started to work for Ford. It was an incredible opportunity and uh, they bought Jaguar. So that was my first M&A uh, project and oh, it was a software project. Very good. And I failed on day one um, because of the people yeah. and, and it's become a real theme in my business really and in my career. So, um, and then from there, we're, you know, HP buying Compaq. And then the last seven years, if we accelerate it, <clears throat> I've been working with uh, private equity portfolio companies and learning everything that sort of is attractive for investment, but helping the portfolio company understand that as well. Okay. Okay, so with Beyond M&A, tell us a bit more about how it works and what, you, you know, like, you know, the kind of organisations you're working with and the kind of investors and corporates that you're working with. Yeah, sure. Um, no, so well, you know, name names if you can, but we'll understand if okay, you can't. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure if I can, but yeah, so literally, um, it's, it's sort of, we're working with uh, VC, mm-hmm. private equity and corporate yeah. investors, um, and that, that's on the buy side, yeah. and they work with, you know, a myriad of portfolio companies. So in the technology sort of space, it can be anything from utilities and oil and gas yeah. to like the latest in um, AI and Web3 on their side. Yeah. So it's very exciting because we're working with people with very big shopping bags yeah. who are quite emotional about buying these businesses. And we're helping both sides sort of understand each other and what the real opportunities are. Okay. 
Um, now, some of that, I, I, I know that you kind of act as a kind of a coach and mentor to those CTOs and CIOs. Tell us a bit about what you do there. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a passion project, to be yeah. honest, David. So, um, so really, um, looking at my own failings, like years ago, yeah. I, I came to realise that people are not up for the step change that happens post-investment. Yeah. It can be a tiny investment or a massive you know, corporate. What will happen is increased governance, increased speed and ex increased expectations. Yeah. Um, and on a personal note, having run a business for the last 13, 14 years, I've come to understand a very big difference between corporate and running a small company. Yeah. So I became a, a qualified Colby uh, consultant. I've coached more than 500 people. I'm a bit crazy because I will coach people randomly off LinkedIn as well. <laughs> but, it, but it's like it's all learning and it's always a two-way thing. Uh, and my philosophy is that we should really look at the people um, rather than the tech. I mean, we look at the tech and the P&L too much and we should really look at the people who build it because if we can help them and the team, it will just be much better for everyone. I like that. That's good. Now, kind of relating to that, I, I, I've heard you talk about um, in the design team for whatever product or service, the importance of diversity in the design team. Yeah. I, I think I know the answer here, but tell me why that's important. Yeah, it's, it's like the utopian thing of having a diverse team. And I think it's like a really sort of obvious common sense thing that we should have people think differently. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I kind of, you know, on a personal note, I do these psychometric assessments of tech teams. And I came to realize that, you know, we, it doesn't matter around uh, the sort of standard levels of diversity, be it ethnicity, gender, yeah. you know, age, whatever it is, um, the we were actually hiring people, 90% of them are roughly the same. It yes. didn't matter where they came from, what yeah. they do. Yeah. And, and I think it's an incredible time now. So, so there's two things there. Mm. First, we're probably not um, hiring for diversity of thought. Yeah. And secondly, if you do go for diversity hiring, yeah. you need to be able to learn how to run it yes. because you've got different players. It's almost like having people totally different political beliefs yes. and how do you bring that together which obviously is around uh, good leadership okay interesting um now we'll explore a bit more of that in a, in a while but I, I the topic of 2023 was ai yeah uh, and and, and I, I certainly think that 2023 was a pivot point i mean I, I would, uh, 2007 was 1969 was we can talk about that history but Things changed last year, and, and uh, what's your take on, on the explosion of Gen AI and the like in 2023, and, and what's your thought on, on how we deal with it in 2024 going forwards? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I kind of, like many years ago, I used to have a slide for the investors and the portfolio companies about you know, the term buzzword bingo, and we would have all of the different categories, yep. and we would literally tick it off the screen just for a bit of fun. Yep. Um, and I think really I sort of see AIs from my seat, which is where, I, you know, the way I sort of say is that we, we get a seat, a front row seat of these dream makers, these people building you know, amazing companies, they're yep. getting investment. Um, but I do see four sort of layers of AI. There's no AI, which is, you know, that, you know it depends what your category of AI is. Um, there's not real AI, which comes up in our work. Um, there's gen AI, you know, just plugging in GPT, et cetera. And then there's sort of real AI. And, you know, even this week, we've looked at a number of AI companies and you get an absolute buzz from some of them, but not some others, yes. if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I've come to realize that I can almost categorize it in two ways, yeah. which is 
Um, there'll be people like me who will just use the, the AI off the shelf. Yes. And then you get the proper commercial PhD people yeah. and they're fully researched up. You know, yeah. and you get an absolute buzz, but you have to understand what they're talking about as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I do think that's that's how I see it. But yeah. the two added things I talk about is um, the change in teams, because that's my interest is around people. Yes. And I would say that if you're setting up a startup, the whole hierarchy has completely changed. Yes. You know, in the old days, you'd have you know the CEO, CTO, team of engineering just to get going. We might only just need the CEO, CTO, hands-on one and one or two engineers, yeah. you don't need as many people. Yes. And there is a piece of work by the people at Fixie AI, yeah. and they're talking about the 12 cent engineer, where um, they did it last year, and they basically compared the equivalent of a Silicon Valley engineer, yeah. which used to get paid $1,000, is now worth 12 cents yeah. because of AI. Interesting. It's crazy. Okay. Um, now, before we started the show, you and I were talking a bit about storytelling. Yeah, um, and and I, I know how important that is to you. So tell us, tell us why storytelling is so important in the context of what you do. Yeah, sure. So um, I have two contexts there: so a personal one and a um, a business one. I'll go for business first because that's why I'm here. But it's literally, um, if you look at how we present a business, you know, whether it's a mid cap corporate or even a startup, we need to put forward a story yeah. and and the narrative, and and that's working between a lot of people. Yeah. And we only get usually a couple of weeks to understand an entire business yeah. and present back an investable narrative. Yes. And what we find is that, um, you know, whilst the founders and the CTOs really know things inside and out, yeah. they don't present it in a very compelling way. Yeah. So, you know, and that's my thing. It's like, oh my gosh, you're sitting on something so amazing, yeah. but the way you're presenting it is quite low energy and it's too technical. Yeah. So from a tech side, that's really important. Um, from a personal side, uh, in the middle of my career, I did a nine-year BA and MA in screenwriting oh, because wow. I really wanted to learn more about people. Oh. But my two sisters are therapists, and we didn't need another one in the family. So, <laughs> so it was a way of learning about engagement and emotion and connectivity, but in an entertaining way. And I found that that really has helped us because now, you know, when we present a deck to an investor, we know that's a story. Excellent. I mean, you know, yeah, thinking of it like a, like a movie. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. very, very interesting. I love that. Um, and I, and I, you've also touched on something that, that, that really gets me about our industry, uh, that in, you know, too focused on the technology and not enough on, on, on you know, the, the, the real purpose and where the value is. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Um, now, obviously, AI is a thing. And, and there are lots of other, uh, you know, new technologies and emerging technologies that are, that are, you know, going to be important going forwards. What are the ones that excite you when in, in the different companies that you're working with? Yeah, it's interesting because um, I get asked that a lot, and yeah. and I think it's it's like this. I, I've learned over time not to get so excited about the tech, mm. but it's what it gives to people. Yeah. And um, and now I get really excited when the ICP, our ideal customer profile of the company we're looking at okay. is human beings, yeah. which I know is super wide, right? Yeah. And we're all taught in marketing to go for this very niche down person, you know, John in marketing, whatever it is. Yeah, but I do sinus. get to see yeah. like companies where they have very broad sort of learning or health sort of backgrounds and, and they help a lot of people. Yeah. And we can see it from the paperwork you know, that this is really disrupting in its own way. Uh, you know, 
one we looked at in December, completely changing the, the nation's health through just reminding people to keep happy. Yeah. Seems like a really simple thing. But from my seat, that's exciting and more exciting in there. I'd say if you're interested in money, which is not my thing, I'm interested in people, yeah. then I would say compliance is a very interesting area as well, okay. which again isn't the AI and all the buzzy stuff, mm -hmm. but it's like making sure things are getting done properly. The EU AI Act, all those type of things that are coming in, mm -hmm. they need people and software to keep us compliant and mm -hmm. in check, really. No, it's it's uh, refreshing to have a different viewpoint on it, you know, because so many people talk about the tech. You're actually talking about outcomes and different things, which is which is cool. Yeah. Out of um, all the stuff we've talked about over the last fifteen or twenty minutes, um, what are the most important things you'd like our audience to take away from 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 what you've been telling us? You think? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think as you probably noticed in that last answer, I think market beats uh, it trumps tech, you yeah. know, and I write about that. I think it's so important even. You know, if you're in the engineering team, you need to understand the market. And when I coach a team, we'll look at the business's values and whether the team really gets what's happening. Yeah. And I can guarantee most of the time we're all on a sort of a hamster wheel build, building code, but we're not really thinking about customer value. Yeah. Um, so that goes to my second one, which is, again, another sort of mission, if you like, is to help from what I've seen now, yeah. help technology teams and leaders really understand value yeah. and that can be as basic and boring as strategy and roadmaps equating to our ROI yes. but what's more important is having these conversations where we're thinking oh I'm not really excited about this new AI gadget I'm excited what it can do for other people yeah I, I, I think that's really important and then the last one to always be is you know know yourself Yes. So increasing awareness, I'm always going to pitch that yeah. uh, because I've seen tremendous things in tech teams uh, really helping them accelerate um, if they're open to it. You know, people who work with us on that side of things, um, they tend to be quite interested in psychology. They're interested in EQ and IQ. Yes. And, and that's my mission to sort of bring that out to a, you know, to a wider audience, really. That's a a great way to end our conversation. I, I really thank you for coming on, on the show, Hutton. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, I hope you enjoyed what Hutton had to say and his particular kind of window on the tech sector uh, with the emphasis on value and storytelling and, and focusing on the people side rather than the technology. So it's, it's um, for me, it's the way it should be. It's made me re rethink some things as we've been talking. So it's great, you know, and it's good to get you know, Hutton's take on AI uh, um, there as well. Um, we will be back next Wednesday at uh, 2.30 live here at our uh, LinkedIn page. And you can find us uh, on YouTube and Spotify and Apple po uh, Podcasts, uh, as well as the Cloud Industry Forum website. Um, we want your feedback. Uh, tell us what you think of the show in the comments. Send an email to info at cloudindustryforum.org. Um, if you want to be on the show, send me a mail and let's see if we can get you on. We look forward to hearing from you. And depending on how you're watching this, uh, we hope, you, uh, hope to see you either next week or next time. Thanks very much.